0: Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more.
1: Can't I just do something for 10 days that's going to change the way I am? You're like, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> what? But that, but I that's eat still... avocado
2: on toast and I took a walk. I am as fit as I am ever going to be starting <laughs> now. <laughs> Tell me I can't change myself. Oh, wait.
1: You guys do resolutions, actually? Or do you do, you call them different things or goals? Or do you just kind of shun the whole...
2: I don't do resolutions, but I do a new spreadsheet every year. And it's like the highlight. When January 1st comes, it's like, oh, I can close the statements for last year. This is the best day ever. So I don't think that counts.
1: (laughs) Continues to try to qualify for biggest nerd on the podcast. And uh, really, she's got a big head start. I don't know. You know, John, do you want to try to... Oh, I mean,
0: I, I tend not to go too far into resolutions. It's not really like a yearly tradition for me. But I mean, this year... I did, but that was also because it sort of lined up with another project ending. And I was like, as soon as that project's done, I'm working on this other thing. And so
1: now it's like, hey, it's this year. So this is going to be my year of trying to improve my sleep, et cetera. Well, it is a good time. Like, it's a good time. I'm not against resolutions. I'm not against goals. It's a great time to kind of say, okay, kind of feels like a fresh start, even though it's not. But there's definitely this moment. I had one of those weeks last uh, last week where you just kind of realize that, the kind of willpower has kind of run out, the tank is empty, and you're like, well, actually, I'm the same person with the same bad habits and the same things that I would like to keep doing. And the idea of things changing seems really impossible, <laughs> even though it might have seemed really possible at one point. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the idea of change. And we're going to talk about the idea of financial change, because that's something that. It's kind of at the core of um, of this whole money conversation. It's if there's something that's really bothering you, if there's something that um, you don't like that you want to change, you want to kind of adjust, no matter if you're kind of at the beginning of that kind of getting sorted with your money, or if you're way far along the path, there's always things we want to change. And how do we actually do that? You know, because at one hand you have lots of advice and lots of advice that looks really good. Okay. You guys will like this. I, I, uh, uh just quickly typed in um how to change my finances in 2017 the the one that came up first was one of these like um 50 ways because it's nice to have tons of different ways i'm going to read these and let me know when you kind of get to the point where you just want to quit and go eat a dozen cookies it's like one a dozen boxes. cookies i like i'm on board
0: already <laughs> <laughs> much to the you know
1: Detriment of my New Year's resolution,
0: I am on board with that.
1: <laughs> well, nice to know that you both immediately went for the dozen cookies instead of wanting to improve your finances at all. No, uh, it's, it's all about, about aligning incentives. It's all about <laughs> aligning incentives. Yet another great tip that looks great on the outside and then ends up being kind of hard to actually... um actually apply. And that's what these lists are. You guys have all read them. It's this kind of like, um, it's, you know, give cash a try, get know your credit score, you know, look at your savings strategy. Oh, one of the things I really liked, number eight on this list is move. (laughs) you're like, okay, yeah, that that could save you money, but man. Excuse me, I have a
2: couple of calls to make now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, you know, try a budgeting app, eat at home, invest, invest spaghetti at the wall. Throw spaghetti at the wall. That's fun. Clip coupons, pay off loans, ask more questions. You know, these are all fine things. They're all as a statement. They're like, yeah, that would totally help. That might help. That might help in a certain situation. And yet it's really hard to actually change anything. You guys have been around the money community for a while. You've talked to lots of people. What are some of the things that you've seen actually help people not just talk about change, not just come up with good ideas, but actually make financial changes in their lives?
2: I I think actually I would love to say that, oh, it's this one piece of advice that I gave Mm -hmm. them or this one tool. But I actually think that people who are ready to make a financial change specifically are already sort of fired up to do it. So Mm -hmm. there's enough um pain or irritate i mean if you like we'll just call it like blanket we'll just call it pain but they have realized that what is happening now doesn't work what and whether that's in a bad way or you know just in an inefficient way or whatever that is but this doesn't work it's irritating me enough or that thing over there that i want is exciting enough that now i just need to find the ways to get from here to there Um, and then, and then I think actually if you have the will to change and it's, and it's possible, I don't want, I don't mean that if you have the will to change, you can do it because you can do anything because there are people who have the will to change, recognize the pain and can't make a change and it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. Um, but in general, if you have the capacity to make a change and the will to make a change and you're enthusiastic about it, it almost doesn't matter what those steps are between you and that change. You're probably going to make it happen. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So if they come to us before, are already ready to make that change.
0: I deal less with like the budgeting, cash flow stuff, and sort of help people move their investments over. And so what I see works really well is anger, and that's a specific case of activation. So you get activated in some way where you're, you you have that sort of emotional backing along with, you know, what you're going to do, and you're sort of clear on what you're going to do which is I'm going to stop paying 2.5% for no value on planning. I'm going to go and actually pay a planner like one of you two to get a plan, and then I'm going to move my investments to a advisor, desk, do it yourself, whatever, and then I'm going to take care of the problem. And so, I mean, this works relatively well because um, the activation sort of, sort of hits like, bang, activated, because you open a fee statement and the light bulb goes off and you know what you're doing, and then the steps to get to the next uh, phase of your life are not, you know, drawn out over the course of years. It's okay. I need to get educated and I need to figure out the next step. And then I need to just go and do that and move my investments over. Now, much harder problem when you're talking budgeting and cash flow, making lifetime changes, you know, losing weight, sleeping better. (laughs) Like these are all things that, um, require much more support and, uh, processes to make it happen and you can't just rely on that initial activation whether it's desire but anger works really well <laughs> desire anger pain whatever it is uh that gets you activated uh, so activation is you know a key step like you can't just sort of be saying like maybe today i should get my finances in order there's usually yeah. some kind of activation
2: well finance is in order in general like so that's why i said spaghetti on the wall right like that list sounds more like here are all the things that are generally accepted to be healthy financially. So you should be doing all of the things. And so for somebody that's like, I guess, I don't know. I don't think it's a big problem, but I want to be, have financial health because that's what the financial literacy people told me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine activation getting you very far down that list before you're like, why am I? I don't even know why I'm doing these things. I don't know what effect this has on me today or tomorrow. Yeah, so knowing like, because you
0: don't have the activation, you're just like, "Yeah, oh, this sounds like a good idea." I was told to check this out and Move. showed up in my reader.
1: or the idea of, uh, you know, becoming an adult. That kind of should, well, I'm really in my late twenties, and I should really be doing this because I know that that's what adults do. Like these ideas, and so you stumble across a list, and you're like, "Oh, I should know this and this," but it it doesn't necessarily. Um, doesn't really transform it to actual helpful progress. But there's also, I think, even for people that have a strong activation, a strong motivation, I think that information overload can kick in pretty quickly. You know, that's one of the hard things to be like, oh, I really want to do this. And then you go to Google and man, the finance information, even though we constantly complain about how there isn't enough information out there, there's tons of information out there for somebody to go, wait, what? And because we like to come up with headlines that get clicks, um, people will come up with opposite opinions, which are sometimes really informative to be like, oh, interesting, that person took the opposite look and we learned about debt payback. But for somebody who just has the motivation and is looking for what to do, those kind of seemingly contrasting opinions can be really, really overwhelming. And so... you know, you can get really quickly from, um, and I felt this way about trying to get started with other things, about letting me, like, strong motivation, I'm going to go find the information, information overload, and then just, ugh, screw it. I, like, I can't, I don't, I can't afford the time, I can't afford the energy. Um, this just, you know, and before you know it, you're kind of back where you started or or just ignoring it.
2: You know, and as tempting as it is to say, well, obviously, it's because, all of those articles are written from the just perspective, like just go change this. No, oh, you want to. I can't even think of a good example of financial change because there's just too many. But, like, if you, if you, so you, just as you describe, I would love to say that people who are writing these kind of general purpose articles on how to get better at one particular thing or all sorts of things, nobody really emphasizes that it's going to be messy and you'll just kind of have to work through it and steps what what's presented in a blog post as steps one through four might actually be steps one through 247 just because of the vagaries of your own life Well, ma, ma, this mother's account has to be joint but that one can't and they can't take it from that account mm-hmm. so th- the only thing is who on earth is going to write a useful article that covers every possible contingency between where you are now and where you want to be that's silly to ask for that or to blame that as the problem. So yeah. of course Sandy's going to say the next ingredient you need is a healthy dose of being willing to adjust and being willing to willing to forgive yourself for like not changing at the pace that the article said that you should be changing at.
1: Maybe. <laughs> no, but it it is it is true and I think that that voice that voice definitely exists out there. It's definitely something that that it, people talk about it. it's not necessarily on the first first page of Google results, yeah. Um, and it's it's definitely not a prevalent opinion because it, it's still the there's still so much kind of should and why don't you and kind of shame built around the idea of why you haven't started yet. You know, no matter where you are, and 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 I I think that that's true about you know whether we're talking about cash flow or we're talking about you know John is talking about the idea of heading into passive investing and that kind of thing how much shame is there on the oh you're still using conventional mutual funds and you haven't switched over like it's it's there's there's so many blocks to be like oh well i should really but then i can't don't know exactly and it just it becomes so emotionally entrapped even if the information isn't bugging you there is that kind of it's messy my first budget was a disa- like a complete disaster clearly i don't know how to do this you know forget it when it's just like, oh, that's most people. It's just going to be a disaster for a while. Um, but it's, I guess, I guess it's the other thing of, of um, you know, everybody knowing instinctively that change takes time, but nobody wanting it to take time. And I think the health thing is a great example. You know, where it's just like, I want to get more healthy. I want to feel healthier, but I don't want to feel sore. I don't want to go to the gym and feel like I'm dragging my muscles around for like a couple of weeks. I don't want to give up eating the things that I like because, you know, because, you know, I eat fine and I eat in moderation and why should I give it up? And you're like, and as soon and somehow you end up in this place where you're like, can't I just do something for 10 days that's going to change the way I am? You're like, the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) What? I a avocado
2: on toast and I (laughs) took a walk. I am as fit as I'm ever going to be starting now. <laughs> Tell me I can't change myself. Oh, wait.
1: <laughs> oh, <sighs> it, it's just, it's a bit like what, um, what Preet talks about when he talked about in his, uh, in the the talk that we were all at that idea that everybody knows what they need to do to be healthy, you know, just eat better and, and exercise. And Everybody instinctually knows a few of the financial things that they need to do. That idea of just like, I need to know what I'm spending a bit better. I need to, you know, maybe I need to, for some people, maybe I just need to. I, you do, do you think that I'm wrong? Maybe I I'm do. wrong. Here's maybe the I'm reason. Wrong.
2: I actually think that most people know that part, but want but because they are confronted with a list of too many things to do all at once, because they're not particularly interested or engaged or feel themselves competent to to, to determine which one is most important. And because we're impatient people and we want the results now. And for all of those reasons, really intelligent people who I don't want, like who know that the right thing to do is probably just do some more small right things every day. Um, they are very susceptible to all of the people, the, the universe of people. Here comes Sandy the Cynic, who make money making sure that a new article comes out every week and a new study comes out that says you're not saving enough and you're not doing this, so that, and a new, cl- new class of mutual fund is, or a new specific flavor of ETF comes out, so that people really do, they think, well, am I stupid just to be focusing on the small changes that I understand and can, can make a difference with, or is there some secret sauce that if I just knew which thing to invest in or which, which, you know, rewards card to use, that would be enough to boost me over the edge. And I'd be like, everybody else knows what they're doing and that would get me to where they are. It's just too boring to think, it's too you boring, know. and it, you feel too stupid about it to do mundane, sort of pedestrian things because yeah. magazines are telling you to do something else.
1: Oh, well, and and the, there is those there's just those two voices in your head, which is you know I spent so long when I was you know because my other life is, is being an opera singer, and I was training for a long time. I'm still training. And for a long time, I, just, I, was, I was looking for one person that I could go in and have a lesson with that would be like, oh, just do this. And you'd be like, oh, I'm fixed. Like, you're just waiting for that one person to say the one thing that you're like, oh, that's it. I've got it now. And even though you know in your head that what you need to do isn't training for anything, is just practice the right habits, put the right things in, you know, retrain some of the bad habits. There's just a part of you that just wants it to be easier. And mm-hmm. I think, yes, it's a part that's definitely um, encouraged by a lot of voices out there because it's what people want. Um, but I, I think that there's, there's just a natural kind of want for things to be a bit easier. And and I think part of it is that it, it's not that, it's not that it's not, it's simple, it's not easy. It's like kind of the difference between those two things. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a simple thing, but it's, I keep coming back to the fact that I think that real change does come from simple things repeated daily. You know, I, I've read that in a couple of different places, and it feels true, even though it feels really hard to actually do, you know, just repeated things. Um, pick me you know, finding whatever kind of like you said feels true feels controllable within your life and just to try to repeat that on a regular basis and then not beat yourself up on the days that you don't but it's easier said so, than done
2: so I'm going to put you on the spot then do you have an example of something that you're willing to share that you doesn't have to be financial necessarily no. but where you have seen improve like actual change over time
1: yeah, I think that like the financial example that feels the truest is definitely the idea of, of regular spending tracking. And that's, you know, on, that's on one hand, and it was a big part of me kind of starting to get control of my money, just trying to, and it, it, it sounds nice to say every day. Was it every day at the beginning? Probably not. Was it every day for a while? Yes. Is it every day now? No. But it was for a while that regular kind of just checking in and just uh, wrestling with that that world because I was so anti-sticking my nose into it. So that, that definitely worked. Um, but I, I definitely think about it in all kinds of areas of my life. I think it's true with, I just spent the last six months feeling feeling not all that healthy and feeling really kind of stuck as far as just eating things that I wasn't enjoying and all kinds and not being as nearly as mobile as, as I normally am and kind of it packaging more and more. And it really became one of these things where I was like, I know like part of me wants to change. But when I was really honest with myself, I was like, I don't want to take the time or energy to actually change like that, <laughs> which was not something I love to say. It was like, well, I know what I need to do. I've done it before and you're not doing it. And so I, can't expect the results but when I started back with one of the things that I was afraid of was being like I have a bad tendency of trying to put all my willpower into one day just like have a great workout at the gym spend a couple hours there you know eat really healthy for a couple of days and then I'll stop going for a week and a half because I'm really sore and I hate it and then I'll just sit on the couch and eat muffins and cookies and be like oh I need this because I'm sore and <laughs> I deserve it I deserve it I went to the gym five days ago and it's like That's less helpful than me going for 15 minutes a day and just and the mental uh, monologues of going, you're at the gym, you're only going to spend 15 minutes here. You're like, well, I'm trying just to establish a regular habit of trying to go back and just being there and sweating a little bit and not being sore every day and trying to kind of face every one of those voices in my head that says, oh, but you didn't even, or you're just going to feel sore. And then the next day it's like, you didn't even feel sore. So you didn't even work hard enough. So it's like just listening to them and being like, okay, you're not, you're saying opposite things. So I can't please both of you, but trying to do that. And it hasn't always been successful, but it's more, It's it's been more going to the gym this, this month. It's definitely been better, but it hasn't been, but I don't feel like I wasted all my willpower in the first four days, which is something, you know, and I'll keep trying to figure it out because that's, I, one thing that I really wanted to say when we were thinking about this and uh, sorry for the second rant, um, is, uh, something that I love from Louis CK. Yeah. Fourth, probably, uh, Louis CK had this great bit, um, talking about how people, people get really scared when there's something that they've never done before. And they're like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, but remember, not that you don't know how to do this, but remember that you have done something that you've never done before. And go back and think, what have I done that I'd never done before, before? (laughs) And just think about, no matter if it relates or not, and I actually wanted to kick this one out to you guys too. It's like, what have you, what's worked before? You know, like it doesn't matter if it has anything to do with your finances. If you're a a personal trainer, you know how to be disciplined. I talked to a lot of artists, how do you find discipline in your practice and kind of what parallels can you find there? You know, it's just, it's about trying to find patterns that already work in your life and then trying to fit new habits into those instead of trying to recreate from the ground up.
0: I don't have great history with like small daily things working. Um, I have a lot more history with okay, yeah. this weekend I'm just going to slam four chapters of the book and then <laughs> I, it is done and then I'm going to take a week off and then the next week. So I've sort of got that history of that working for me and sort of built my schedule for getting things done around this is the way that my workflow works. Um, and so it, if I was to try to relate that back to personal finance, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have you know my review day where I'm going to look back over the month and then how I'm going to adjust my course going forward and then in one big shot like transfer all my money around and get it into the ETFs that I want it into or whatever and then ignore it for another while and as long as the part as long as while I was ignoring it I didn't sort of exceed the basics then it would be okay so you know sort of set some general rules for myself to be like okay you know I can't just mindlessly buy whatever but I've got it in the budget to mindlessly buy a sandwich and mindlessly buy a pizza and you know mindlessly buy a cart full of groceries and everything will work out fine I don't even need to think about that level of stuff and then I'll review it the next month and then be like oh actually this month now I have to be very mindful of those particular things because they were starting to become problematic and so that's sort of how I, I worked it is you know, big chunks of high intensity focus and then try to set it up to just let let
1: it coast for a little while after that. That's awesome. And I think that that's a kind of a, just a cool thought right there. You see two examples of this is what works for me versus this is what works for John and be like, there is no right answer there. both things can create, you know, changing habits, effective habits, whatever you want to say. You don't have to use the word habit at all if that's not a word that makes sense for you. But that's that's great that like you basically the exact opposite of what I'm talking about works well for you. I think that that's a perfect illustration. Sandy, you have to be right in the middle now. You
2: know what's really funny? I do. I I always say that what I do is percolate. So so my bit. I like infrastructure, right? I like I like the. That the bank accounts and the credit cards and the physical act of spending money, all that stuff, I like that to be designed so that I can ignore it because it's making itself work. Yeah. So, but to me, it's like moving into a house and doing all the renovations right away. And Mm -hmm. but you haven't lived there, and you don't really know. Like, oh, that corner, I hit my I hit my head on every corner. Doesn't matter. I'd like to live in a round house. (laughs) 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 That explains a lot about me. But so I liked I like to kind of live. My biggest temptation is to tweak a system too frequently. Mm. And so I like to allow things to percolate. Like, okay, this is how we've lived. So, and my husband, I like all of our everything is joint, right? Like I'm the one that actually does all the reconciliations because it's the thing I like to do, yeah. but he shops for groceries. We share the same sort of spending account, all those things. So, um, I can't just willy nilly change things cause that we're a team. Um, so I like to let things percolate. And then once I've really sort of had a, eureka moment about oh if we only did this that would sort of fix that little corner that I always bump my head against then all in a burst I put it into practice like I save everything up I have two days a month where I do any money stuff unless I'm feeling like I really want to because it'd be fun but for the most part I allow myself to ignore it and then do everything that I've thought about in a burst right then anyway so maybe I'm in the middle I don't know history will judge
1: I like your analogy a lot of the renovations, the idea of like when you're moving into a house or when you're, if you're building your own house, it's just that kind of like, it's, there's a right way to do it. You can do it like the magazines and all that stuff, but it's, it's just, just live in it and see what it's like and and make a choice and be like, no, this is, this is not the way I want it. It's not my feng shui, feng shui. Did I say it right? Maybe. (laughs) well. (laughs) We'll, we'll be corrected later. I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit, something that we were close to, uh, and I think that it's it's kind of something I want to dive into a little bit more. The idea, we're talking about activation, and one of the big themes that you see from financial success stories that people write is the idea of a rock bottom moment. You know, oh, I hit my rock bottom moment of this, of feeling just, I, I was just disgusted, I was angry, I was all that kind of stuff. Um and then I finally changed. And of course you identify that rock bottom moment in hindsight. Yeah. So you might have had moments that felt rock bottom, but then you were like, Oh, actually that one was the rock bottom one. But- dynamite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Burn it down.
2: Burn it all down. So- <laughs>
1: It's easy for people that feel like they've succeeded at changing some of that stuff to talk about rock bottom moments. But I do think that it fits right in what you guys were talking about, which is that idea of getting mad, getting disgusted, getting whatever kind of sparks that thing. I guess my question is, can you, um, if you feel like you haven't gotten to that rock bottom place, can can you create one? Can you kind of create that effect somehow by, you know, basic like prodding your own inner bear like being like and also this it's actually more than you think
2: doesn't everybody else have a mini rock bottom moment every night at about three in the morning or is that's just me <laughs> i don't need to create one i have one <laughs> every day <laughs> not every day that's not true but once every two weeks
1: <laughs> and that's why things are changing so often <laughs> now you see my soul (laughs) now you see my soul oh man
2: i you know what i'm not sure that you can if you are if you already feel like like I don't think that there are people out there that are saying like, oh, if only I could create a rock bottom moment for myself, then I'd have the motivation to do something, right? No, like it's if a you-
1: little bit more outside of the I- or outside <laughs> of the the issue. No, I- <laughs> you're Maybe putting words are, in
2: my mouth, Sandy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Sorry,
2: that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I think that clarity can give you can trigger a sense of. a a bigger sense of what the consequences of today's small decisions might be, right? That's, I I think that's the whole premise of financial planning is, okay, if you go along doing the, or I guess maybe our version of financial planning, if you keep doing the things that you're doing, but don't feel like they're crisis or rock bottom moments, let's project those out and see if that aligns with how you feel. Like, do you feel, if you look at your retirement, let's use retirement because it's such an easy thing to talk about. You know, if at age sixty-five that the picture that we paint based on all these reasonable assumptions about what you're doing today, if that kind of bothers you, then that could be sort of an artificial rock bottom moment in a way. Yeah. But if you don't, I mean, if that doesn't motivate you, if the, that, that sometimes just doesn't, because yeah. it's really easy to explain away those. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Yes, I th- I wouldn't do what I'm doing if I didn't think that you could, that increased clarity might prompt some kind of activation feeling. Yeah. But it doesn't always. And I don't know that, I just could never say that the universal prescription for anybody that feels like there's something wrong, but doesn't know how to change, I don't think it would always be, oh, well, then let's do some financial planning. No, right?
1: completely.
0: Uh, there's a TED talk that I really like about saving for tomorrow, tomorrow and basically sticking future you with the problem. So you say, well, you know, I'm not really activated right now. I'm not in crisis mode, so I don't need to fix this today. So I can't get activated to fix it today, because it's not an urgent router. It might be important, and I might recognize that it's important and want to do something, but I'm not really urgently needing to tackle this. So then you create some mechanism for yourself to have to deal with it in the future under a defined time point. Uh, I think two years ago, Sandy had her sort of year-end wrap-up blog post and was like, here's what I want you to do. Don't do this now. Set a date. Six months from now, I will be in this place and then figure out how you're going to get there over the next six months. And then um, you can do a similar thing like, okay, I'm going to start investing and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to set up uh, or I'm going to start saving more and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to set up a automatic transfer from my checking account to my savings account but it's going to start in 6 months. Yeah. Or I'm going to schedule that in advance and I've got from now until then to figure out how I'm going to cut that much out of my budget. I can either do it gradually by scaling back which would be smart or what'll actually happen is I'll wake up with the calendar reminder on my phone saying, "Oh hey, that thing is coming out of your checking account now. Now you got to deal with it." And then you're like, "Well, I can either cancel my really well thought out plan or now I can deal with my budget problem.
2: I, I have the sense that I didn't write anything like that. But I, because otherwise I wouldn't be this excited about you. Because that's how, like the idea of taking it one step further and like scheduling the automatic payment is
1: I love that.
2: brilliant. It's so yeah. scary. Yeah. I mean, if you're not activated by that, my word. Yeah. God, you're dead.
1: Basically, like, set the doomsday uh, doomsday time device to be, like, six months until you have to become an adult.
2: <laughs> just, just set it for, like, some amount of money that's less than a million dollars.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you, like you start ballparking. You're like, yeah, I should be able to save $500 a month. You know yeah. that, that's my starting point. Or I know next April I'm going to get a raise. It'll probably be two and a half percent. I'm going to dedicate all my raise to future savings. And then and, and that's what the TED Talk is about is that specifically. And they're setting up new companies and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so you can set that up. And then you know future you has to deal with that, not present you. And future you is a sucker, as we all know. So you just yeah. go and set that up. And there are other ways of uh, doing it too. I mean, it doesn't have to be with setting up the transfer committing to it that way um it could just be a calendar reminder if you're good to listening to yourself and being like okay i have a day dedicated six months down the road i'm not going to schedule anything else and that's day i'm going to finally you know read the wealthy barber returns or whatever yeah. uh, or it can be uh that you go and get one of these delayed email programs like boomerang for gmail or uh, plugin for thunderbird or whatever email program you use set up a group email to your parents and your aunts and uncles and be like, hey, I committed to myself that I would get this stuff under uh, control, and if I don't, uh, you are all welcome to provide me all of the unasked for advice that you want to. Here's my phone number, you know, call between these hours, and then uh, you've either got to commit to uh, solving that so you can cancel that email from going out, You know, go against your own. Like again, you can always sabotage yourself, uh, or deal with the fact that you didn't live up to your expectations, and now you've confessed to your parents and your aunts and uncles (laughs) that that is what you have done, Uh, and now you have to deal with those relatively minor consequences.
2: Listen, Uh, I always knew that you were really, really smart, but this is like evil genius level. This is this is beyond. And if you want to prevent yourself from
0: sabotaging it, it, find a friend get them to set up the email with you and then have them change the password on you for that particular account. Yeah. And then you're locked in. So it's like you got to tell the friend that you've actually, and the friend's got to see, okay, I see that you have finally chosen your discount brokerage or your robo-advisor, whatever you're going to do, or you. I see that now you have a budget document in front of me and you've committed to this and now I will unlock the account and cancel the
2: scheduled email.
0: <laughs> whatever your particular plan is... Uh, <laughs>
2: I sent a new service back up in here for you, Chris. It's hard to do things today. (laughs) I'll be your friendly blackmailer for the low, low price of...
1: (laughs) (laughs) The low price of it's not low.
2: (laughs) There are... Do you know what? There are clients that I have that... They're, again, same thing. Capable, smart, totally fine. But the, it's the very fact that they know I'm going to email them three months from now and yeah. say, "Hey, did you ever do that thing?" And that's mm-hmm. just a, like they don't want to say no. So bad they don't want to say no. I'm very scary that way.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you want to keep your house clean, you, you hire a cleaner, and it's not that the cleaner comes <laughs> in and cleans it for you. It's that uh, at least my parents <laughs> you clean the house before the cleaner shows up. Oh, my parents <laughs> do that too. <laughs>
2: And for the very brief window of time that I, somebody kindly as a gift for one of the many children that I had, gave us a some package of house cleaning, and it was like, wow, this is actually like, super stressful right now. <laughs> no. I think today I would be okay. I think I've grown, I'm mature. I'm like, yeah, thirty-seven year old self-actualized human person. I could deal with somebody coming to clean my house if it was messy, but only barely <laughs> by my fingernails. Yeah.
1: I was thinking too, just about what both you and Sandy were saying at the end. I love the idea that part of that is the clarity to know what you can actually do right now. The fact that like you have limited resources as far as willpower, as far as energy, as far as time. And sometimes the truth is you might have a situation in your financial life that really needs addressing, but you just don't have the energy, the time to put towards it right now. And that can just be the truth. And that's sometimes the thing that which is really at the core of why you're avoiding it because you're, you let it shame you, but at the same time, you're like, I just don't have the time for it right now. And, and I love what you're saying, John, because it's like, okay, I don't have the time for it right now, but what I can do right now is say in three months, it's gonna be a little slower with work. Um, I'm gonna have a little bit of extra time. So I'm going to somehow, whether, you know, somehow on the scale of a little evil to future you to massively evil to future you, Find a weekend to be like, this is where I'm going to take care of it. And I I really do think, I know I'm going to start playing around with that myself because it's just not only is it kinder to present you, to say you don't have to beat yourself up every day for this. You've made a plan. The plan is I'm not going to do it right now, but I know when I'm going to look at this again. And, you know, it it is a way of moving forward, even if you can't afford all the stuff we were saying before about how change takes that energy no matter if you're doing it in intense bursts or kind of slowly over time and changing habits and changing things all take energy. So like if you can't do it right now, and that's the conversation I have with potential clients too, just to be like, look, it's fine. If you can't afford this monetarily, time-wise, energy-wise right now, do it later. I want you when you can feel confident that this is the right thing for you, not when you're, feeling like you might cuz otherwise we're just going to have a terrible time. Yeah. You know. Right? Like it's just it's about trying to find the right window, the right timing for this to happen and if the answer is not right now, it doesn't matter if it's January 1st. It can be just not right now. Um <laughs>
2: I'm going to put a pin in this conversation and say that by this time next year, I will look back on that setting a timer for future you and setting up an automatic transfer as the single best piece of financial change advice that I heard all of 2017. That's my call.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's a nice place to start, a nice place to stop for us. And uh, you know, if you have any more, should we
0: do the unnamed segments and say what we're reading this week? Oh yeah, for
2: sure. That sounds great. Yes, we should.
0: All right. Uh, I'll go very quickly. Uh, In McLean's Magazine this week, there was an article out about the legal fight between Ben Rabideau, a housing analyst, and some people that were uh, trying to slap him with a libel suit, and under a new law that was enacted to also take into account the value of public discourse, uh, as well as whether or not their statements were actually hurtful, Uh, he was uh, able to drop that suit and looks like he's doing much better. And that's also a very good sign for public discourse and debate and uh, information. And one of the great things that's in that article is just this little, lovely little word, regulatory arbitrage. So, I mean, that might get some gears going on top of the whole legal story that
1: happened there and the drama is just regulatory arbitrage. What's going on there? Okay, quick question. Is that an awesome name for a band? Yes. Always. Is that an awesome name for a podcast?
2: <laughs> Ooh, I can see a sister show.
1: Because money <laughs> colon regulatory arbitrage. Right? Let, let's go grab the domain name. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to get a lot hard more hard hitting if we're gonna if we're gonna pull that we need to make a lot more bold claims
2: or not at all like just really <laughs> tone it down make it even softer than it is now <laughs>
1: Get even yeah i'll talk more about you know the soul of finance and we can apologize more yeah. totally that 'll be great <laughs> sandy
2: <laughs> um i read something by dirk cotton who writes the retirement cafe which is, I mean, he retired. He's just super smart. Um, but one of the things he wrote this time was the idea that and I know he's going to expand on it in further posts because this is from like 18 days ago and there's already some written. But um, he talked about planning for retirement as something that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you actually the strategies that you might apply for the beginning are not necessarily the strategies that you want to firmly put in place for the end because they probably won't work as well. So a real, but but the complication is there are some things that really their effectiveness only really shows up. You only know if you made the right decision in the future, but you have to make the decision today. So for example, he's American. So he's talking about, you know, social security, but you have to say when you want to take your CPP anytime between age 60 and age 70, Mm -hmm. but it's really only, let's say if you live until you're 98 and you sort of exhausted all the other things, but you decided to take like, a. sorry, I could go on and on. What I mean is, that it's a really interesting um, philosophical framework for approaching how you would plan your retirement. That's,
1: that's really interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Well,
1: yeah, it's that's yeah. Sorry. I'm half thinking about that now. Um, I've been reading a lot of the stuff that Carl Richards has been posting lately on his Twitter feed who I've been a big fan of for a while. I might've mentioned him in this segment before he's the, what's he's got a New York times, uh, column with the with the drawings which he has a nice the sketch guy or something like that um which of course i like because i like pictures but he's also just been talking a lot about um he was in india for a while talking to financial planners there and he's been talking a lot about the idea of financial planning because he writes for financial planners a lot so it's a little bit inside baseball but it's i think it's interesting for anybody because he he's been talking a lot lately about the idea that planning is just it's based on guesses and then reevaluating guesses and then reevaluating guesses. And this idea, um, Sandy and I, we've talked about this quite a bit that just to reframe the plan for everybody, both people that are interested in it or interested about it and the people doing the plan that the plan that you make is not what financial planning is. Um, because things happen that you can't possibly, uh, possibly imagine, uh, possibly imagine that sounds like evil John. Uh, but it's, it's, it's what happens next and it's kind of like giving you a tool and a framework to decide when things happen that you couldn't possibly have foreseen what happens next and and what guesses do we get wrong and then and changing and being flexible and all these kind of things and i love hearing somebody talk about financial planning that way because it's what gets me really excited about this kind of planning for life and it's my kind of planning too it's not set in stone static planning it's Massively flexible changes all the time depending on what you want who you are and what the world is around you kind of dynamic planning Um, So I've just been following his Twitter feed. He's been posting lots of great stuff.
2: Uh, I think he posted recently It's the it's getting less wrong over time. That's what financial planning is right? That's
1: that's that's my favorite thing Yeah, getting less wrong over time and like putting the onus on the planner too to just realize that you're not you know the the gatekeeper of information you are just, you're somebody who is going to be wrong more often than you're right, but that's the job. The job is to make guesses, educated guesses, and then change them with your client as your client in the world changes. So it's really interesting. Sounds so. <laughs> that's, that's it for reading. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. John?
0: Goodbye.
1: if
2: you're not activated by that my word yeah (laughs) you're dead
0: thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode because money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile which in turn makes it easier to book guests please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links